Jesus, born and exalted. A glorious God will magnify you. We'll lay our crowns before you. Affirmation. Please, I need um, the multimedia kindly help. The Bible affirmation. All right. This is my Bible. It is God's inerrant and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by doing his teachings. And sow it in my word by being a witness. Hereafter, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus. For his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Let's gladly take our seat. God bless us, church. Thank you. Thank you. I'm privileged today to bring us the word of God. I want all of us to call to mind that this is our family month. So our emphasis has been on the family. How we can be stronger and be better. And you know, some years back in the Anglican Church, we happened to be one of the facilitators in Sunday school. And uh, I had a friend of mine too, because I was in secondary school, who was also a facilitator in Sunday school class. Uh, while he was teaching, you know, the way we were trained then, they say, uh, you appoint a teacher, but you appoint other experienced persons to be in each class. So in the event that questions are asked, and uh, he's not able to come up with a clear answer to it, the experienced person in the class can respond to such questions. So while he was teaching, it was centered on marriage. And a young man asked a question with regards to marriage. So he responded because it was outside the, the script for the day or the lessons for the day. There was no immediate answer to that regard. So he responded. Or by the time he responded, it sounded too ideal 
to an elderly person seated in the Sunday school. So he stood up and told the young man, are you married? The man said, no, he wasn't married. I said, how did you get the answer to this question? And the guy was clever enough to say that the world around him is full of marriages. His parents are married and he has relations who are married. But the man wasn't satisfied. Hopefully, the response he gave was not in tune with what he had practiced in his own home. So, he told the guy to sit down that he wasn't qualified to teach because he wasn't married in that regard. So, the experienced person stood up and cleared the air that our reference is God's word. Marriage is not an individual's idea. It was God's original intention. And there's a manual for it. The manual for every marriage that will be successful is the word of God. If it were to be man's idea, any damn Harry can stand up to say, this is how it should look. But because it's God's word, we reference it from God's word. By God's grace, I'm bringing to us the topic of managing our emotional difference in relationship. Our time is fast spent already, but I'm going to run through it. A great philosopher once said, he said, I count him brave who has conquered self than the one who has conquered many battles. And I like to define the word emotion from the Webster English Dictionary. And this is what it says. It says the English Webster Dictionary defines emotions as a conscious mental reaction such as anger, fear, discontentment, dissatisfaction, or excitement subjectively experienced a strong feeling towards a specific object and typically accompanied by physiological and behavioral changes in the body. So more often than not, an average man sees his own goodness because at every point in time, he sees his strength, acknowledges his position of strength, and judges himself from the standpoint of his strength, and judges others from the standpoint of their weaknesses. But when we look at ourselves as being, that every man is created an emotional being, and that's how we have been fashioned or designed. We act by what we feel, what we see, what we perceive, what we hear. And these are the things that determine the action we carry out. So when we are not satisfied by what we feel, see, perceive, the next response that comes from us are reactions on the inside of us. And these are emotional reactions that wells up on the inside of us. Now, they could be positive. They could be negative. And just like we could see in fear, in anger, in dissatisfaction, you know, you see reactions coming in. But oftentimes we also ask ourselves questions. Uh, irrespective of the fact that this is how we've been built or made, we ask ourselves, how did it come about? You find that, that every man is a product of his environment. We were actually formed and learned into this by the things we had experienced over time. 
There are things that are inherent in us, but our environment shapes certain things or certain dimensions about our lives on the inside of us. So, when we come into our relationships, when we come into our homes, the tendency for us to carry our world where we are coming from is on the high side because this is how we have been made. This is how we have been formed over time. So, you hear people say, I'm not used to this. This is not how we do it where I'm coming from. And what was the reference? The things that has made him up or built him into the person he has become today. So oftentimes when it negates what he believes, what he assumes should be right, then evidently the body begins to react. We begin to see physiological changes, behavioral changes in this response because it negates what he or she believes or what he or she affirms to be true. And a typical example comes in in Acts chapter 7. Uh, the Bible talks about Stephen giving them uh, a picture of how God had planned for man and was able to bring it into fulfillment by the coming of Jesus Christ. You know, but the people did not perceive it so. It came to a point that their anger grew worse. They couldn't contain what he was saying. So they assumed that he was blasphemous in what he said. And what eventually erupted was to stone him to death. The question is, why would someone come to such a level that he begins to act? What formed that dimension of thinking on the inside of them has been their belief over time? You know, Jesus speaking to them one point in time and said, by your tradition, you have made the word of God of non-effect. By the things you've accumulated in your mind. In the African context, a man believes that he's superior. So, if he sees a woman who is not as submissive as what he had believed, the tendency is to regard that woman as root. We believe that the woman has certain responsibilities, in quotes, to do. So, we force them to keep or obey such responsibilities. Where they don't align by it, there are tendencies for us to begin to react. Our emotions arose or arises. And even if we bring it to the biblical context, we find that there are times also we believe uh, a man is the provider, for example, in his home. And the popular scripture where he's not able to do that is worse than an infidel. And you have enshrined that belief. It has formed part of you. And when you find that, that the other partner is not providing and you are beginning to do that, your emotions begin to well up. And what has formed such is the foundation that has been laid over time on the inside of you. So when two distinct persons who are coming from two different environments come together with different personalities formed on the inside of them, the tendency for them to react is high. There's either going to be a binary fission or a fusion. So a fission is the both parties come to disagree and separate. Or both parties come, disagree, agree, and form a coalition to move on better. So we now begin to ask ourselves, where we find such emotions arising on the inside of us, how do we manage it? Even God who created us, 
had also in the Bible, specifically Romans 12, 2, says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to approve what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of the Father. So it means that God also has this understanding that we have been formed in a certain way. But if we're going to match in coalition with God, then there has to be a change. There has to be a transformation. We need to come in into the perspective that God wants us to function. Now, we ask ourselves, how do we manage these emotions when they play out on the inside of us? How do we view them? So the first in all of this is for us to be able to recognize that we are different. That we are completely different. We are not all alike. We may appear to work in the same field, in the same office, uh, live in the same house, but our personality traits are completely different because they have been formed from different environments. Uh, maybe I grew up, I, I, I look at my dad. My dad is uh, the general overseer of generosity nation. My mom is the chief economist of the Maiza Republic. You know, so both of them are two poles apart. My mom could economize and manage. My dad is not in that dimension. You know, so oftentimes there are lines of disagreement when it comes to you know, uh, them forming a union, a relationship, a building. So, but if they have been able to recognize their differences, that this is how they are formed, this is how they live, this is what has informed their lives, they are able to form a coalition, a fusion, and not a fission, as it were. Now, I'll begin by saying the second thing that we must understand is to reprogram our mind. Having recognized the fact that we are different, the next thing is to begin to reprogram our mind. And what we read in Romans 12, 2, the scripture says that we learn to align with God's perspective for us when we transform our mind. So also, in managing our emotional relationships, there's also need for reprogramming. What often hurts us are expectations not fulfilled, desires not accomplished. These are the things that hurts us. So in other words, if I have an expectation and I come to see you, and you are not able to fulfill that expectation the way I expect you to fulfill it, evidently, there's a reaction. There's bound to be a reaction because you had come in with an expectation that these are the things I do. Now, early stage of our relationship, we are attracted to one another by our personalities. Oh, I like the way he talks. Maybe I'm not gifted in talking, and I see someone who talks. I just like his expression. I'm not too tall, but I see someone who is very tall. I, I like his height. Or I, I like his six-pack. I, I like, I like his, his calmness. He has a calm disposition. And you find that, that those who are on the opposite side have a tendency of appreciating the differences on the other side. So they like them. You know, but when it comes to building or in the real stage of it, you find that, that the things that attracted us no longer keep us. Now, how do we now stay in those reprogramming our mind in that regard so that we can evaluate things? Romans 12, uh, James chapter 1, 
13 told us, uh, it says that no man should say that God tempted him, but every man is tempted by his own desire. And we say, when those desires are fully blown, they lead us into sin or offense. So what actually brings those differences within us are the things that were programmed on the inside of us. So when we begin to understand that we are different in our making, what we now begin to do is to learn how to reprogram our thinking. I'll just give a simple example. Two days after my marriage, uh, my honeymoon was just for 24 hours. The night I slept in the hotel, the next day we came to the house. We said we we're going to go again, but we didn't go. My wife had prepared a meal. I'd been living in my house alone. And I was used to, once I cook, I go in there, take my meal, and get out. So she prepared the meal. I didn't even ask her anything. So I just entered the kitchen, took my meal, and I was eating. You know, Father, thank you for gross. So she came out from the room and she was mad at me. That was the first time I saw her expressing her rage. She was so angry. So I was wondering why she was angry. And she said, why didn't I wait for her to come and dish the meal? So, you know, it, was, it wasn't what I was used to. So why didn't I wait for her to come and dish the meal? I said, sorry, you still dish the meal. I'm just testing it. <laughs> you know, but she didn't take it lightly with me. And that day was bad for her. So I apologized. I said, and I tried to explain to her that you should understand that. See, uh, I've not been like this. I've been living alone and I cook my food myself. I dish it for myself. In fact, as a matter of fact, in my home, we live a, an open home. So when my mom cooks, you just go and uh, dish your food yourself. So we don't, uh, you know, but gradually today, when she cooks, we dish our food ourselves like that. So there are just a few occasions where she dishes the meal. She has been able to outgrow such. And all that is needed to be done was a reprogramming of the mind in that regard. Now, the next thing is to align your values, not your personalities. Understand that there are personality differences amongst us. So it will always bring emotional differences. The way I see things will determine how I react to them. And there are things that don't move me. But those things move my wife. There are things that don't prick me at all. But those things will deter her from thinking. It will take her joy off. So we'll view things differently. So if we're going to make progress, then what we now begin to align are our values. So we begin to come in oneness with respect to our values. We need to put what we believe as our objective, what should be our vision, what should be our focus, what should be our principle. So we said in this home now we're exalting integrity. In this home we believe in respect. In this home we believe in this, we believe in this. So when we're not talking about, oh, um, he, he doesn't call me as often as he should call me. I know that he has a problem in this area. Maybe all along my dad, my mom, they call me 24 hours a day. Now you are coming to meet a man who doesn't call you as often as he should call you. And you now begin to react to it. If you stay in your personality traits, you will stay a very long time in it. And you will be hot over a long period of time until you begin to know that we are different. If I know that this is how this person is, I begin to realign. Adjust certain things I do. 
are somehow there are character traits on the inside of us that reflect on some of these things. You know, some of us are perfectionists by nature. And you have the other person who is not, uh, you know, very good. And maybe you now come to your home and it's something else. And you are the organized person. And this person you've tried to preach, no, this should be here, it's not here. And it's not getting your message at all. And you're wondering, what is wrong? Were you properly trained? And the moment you begin to use those words, you find out that your home is dividing more and more. Now, what you do is to reprogram, align yourself with values and not the traits. Look at values that binds you together. Then the moment you begin to learn that, esteem each other better than yourself. Philippians 2, 3. Philippians chapter 2. Quickly give me that scripture. Time is fast spent. Esteem each other better. It says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. This scripture is not saying disqualify yourself. What the scripture is actually pointing at is that you view life as you view a coin. When you pick a coin, there are two sides of a coin. The first you see is the face. And to some of us, when we pick the coin, is the strength. The face you see is the strength. The other side of the coin is the weakness. As long as the strength faces you, you enjoy it. You are happy about it. And to some who view the other side is the weakness. As long as the weakness is before you, you are never happy or contented about it. But take this. The earth rotates about its axis and revolves around the sun. The advantage it brings to us is day and night, seasons and time. We are able to predict when it's day and when it's night. Also, in the life and in our relationship, the other party has strength on one side and has weakness on one side. What you see and react to depends on what you focus on. And just like the earth rotates about its axis and revolves around the sun, where you cannot Rotate your spouse. Reposition yourself to see the other side. If what you are enjoying now is the weakness. All you need to do is to change the way you view it. Turn to the other side and look at what the person has. The moment you begin to magnify the strength, you find out that the strength begins to overshadow the weaknesses. As long as you focus on the strength, it overshadows the weaknesses. You begin to see the value in the other person. And the good part of it is the same way God looks at us. The Bible says that while we were dead in our trespasses, God died. What did he see? Jesus, he says that who for the joy he foresaw ahead of us endured the shame. It's the same way we see when we look at the strength of each other. So just know that life is like two-faced of a coin. So when you say, esteem yourselves or each other better than yourself, he's saying, look at the strength of the other person. Look at the beauty he carries on the inside of himself. A time is already fast paying. But I'll just stop with this last one. Then learn, there are scriptures I would have loved to read. It says, learn to protect your weaknesses and loud your strength. Multimedia, please give me that scripture. I'll close with that. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 22 through 26. 1 Corinthians 12, 22 through 26. Quickly then. Managing your emotional difference. It says, nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon this will bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Just go ahead. I need to... For our comely parts have no need, but God had tampered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, 25, that there should be no schism in the body or division, but that the members should have the same care one for another. 26, and whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it, or one member be this or honored, all members rejoice with it. Now, this should be a perspective of viewing one another where we learn to cover our reproach. You, you see some people who expose their spouses, open their nakedness. You know, it, it, Marvel, I read a scripture about Jesus. The Bible says, while they were walking through the cornfields, his disciples were picking the heads of grain, which was not uh, in line with the belief of their days. And they come to tell Jesus, are you not aware that your disciples are breaking the Sabbath? You know that Christ did not criticize the disciples as it were. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, but evidently, what they were doing, because as at that time, he was still in the Old Testament. Now, all we need to learn is protecting the weaknesses of one another but loud their strengths. Then we just close. Give out what you desire to give. Matthew 7 to Whatever you desire that one do, said, do, that one do for you, do unto another. For this is the law and the prophet. And be a doer of God's word. A time is fast spent. I just want you to bow down your heads and talk to God. I want you to talk to God. I want you to tell God to help you. Lord, help me see your word as it applies to me. Help me walk in the light of this truth. Thank you. I don't know if someone is here and you want to give your life to Christ. I'd just like to pray with you briefly. I just want you to say, Lord Jesus... I come recognizing that I cannot help myself. I ask that you help me today. I receive you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Be the Lord over my life. Or in Jesus' name I pray. Father, thank you for your word. Let it be a blessing in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen.